0: The following is an audio recording of the Institute of Buddhist Studies 2012 Rukoku Lecture Series by Professor Hisashi Tonouchi. True Teaching, Practice and Realization, Its Aim and the Formation of Shinran's Pure Land Teaching.
1: Part 2 Birth Through the Nembutsu, Shinran's Explication of Practice in Shinjin Continued.
0: Thank you very much everyone. We'd like to continue uh, with the second part of tonight's lecture um and um once again uh,
2: professor 所業とてその、えー、え、え <ややこしい言い方ですね>。あらゆる<笑><笑> <エコ上に下回るところであると。笑> <笑> ま、まあ、あの、<笑> え、っていうまあ、あの、因自分と言いいわゆる、え本願生まれるで、と<笑> ま、先生、というそう
0: Um, we'll begin um, this uh, discussion on on page 3 of the English uh, handout uh, item 3 we've looked at previously the chapter on practice and um, once again indicated that within the chapter on practice we find the entirety of um, Shinran's um, teaching found within the true teaching practice and realization the question is why then is there a chapter on Shinjin Um, and why is it why has it been established separately or, or uh, developed independently uh, of the chapter on practice? Uh, my thesis is that this particular uh, feature, unique feature of the true teaching practice and realization uh, represents Shinran's response to the criticism lodged against Honan, uh, in particular with regard to the chapter on Shinjin, the, the criticism um, by uh, Mioi and others like him. Um, So when we get to the chapter on on Xinjin, then, it begins with a question, just what is true Xinjin? Xinran uses the term Great Xinjin. And uh, the first passage, uh, number 18, uh, on page 3, represents sort of the conclusion to his discussion, his commentary on Great Xinjin. If I can read it, he states, hence, whether with regard to practice or to Xinjin, there is nothing whatever that has not been fulfilled through Amida Tathagata's directing of virtue to beings out of his pure vow mind. It is not that there is no cause or that there is some other cause. Reflect on this. Um, as you can see, this passage is filled with negatives. Uh, the first passage really has a double negative, which means it's an emphasis. Okay. It's a strong emphasis. That's what double negative uh, means. Um, And it's also um, uh, important to note uh, that in this concluding passage to the discussion of great Xinjin, he says that both practice and Xinjin, he once again um, points to or emphasizes the inseparability of practice, true practice and true Xinjin. He says in in regard to both, they are completely fulfilled uh, through... um, Amida's pure vow mind, which is directed to beings. Uh, That is to say, the the Buddha's vow mind becomes manifest uh, in practice and shinjin. Um, This practice, shinjin, uh, is the cause of our birth in the pure land and attainment of enlightenment. There is no other cause. That is to say, there is nothing that I can do There's nothing that I I believe or think that is of any use in bringing about birth in the Pure Land. Um, Let's see. Uh, This Nembutsu and Shinjin, this practice and Shinjin, um, they manifest, they become manifest within the the life and the heart of a being. Uh, And yet, once again, they're qualitatively different from... um, that which I might refer to as my own practice or my own shinjin. Uh, the nembutsu uh, is its a form or it's a voicing. That is, it's an activity which is a manifestation of the Buddha's working, the Buddha's activity. Shinjin is not here as, is not uh, a reference to one's own mind, the mind or the thinking of a sentient being. Rather, here, shinjin Uh, signifies the wisdom of enlightenment itself, the mind of enlightenment itself, uh, which reaches my heart. It reaches um, um, and and, um, manifests within one's own heart and mind. And so, Shinran uses words like it's given to beings or directed to beings. Uh, the Shinjin, and it may be stated in another way, is the Buddha's intent to save me, uh, to, to bring me to enlightenment. Uh, and it manifests as my awareness, my appreciation, or my acceptance of this working.
2: Mm. 進行、<笑> そのことを信してことなん語りかけ心と理論普通繋がっては普通 2 君、そういう、ま、あの、3窯目の真ん中肖像、<笑> 多力<笑> で、分類して示してという呼ばれてる釈がありましてえ、そこで 英訳てはでは4 ページをに上げてるものですが え、2輪足で、え、、要は そして、え、仏教って仏教横とこと本当 自力一旦<笑> <あの、笑> holding そう仏教本協団で、そういう、あの、まあ、要派手微真実 え、投周し<笑><笑><笑> ここあの、当然診断 達磨<笑> 法につい 第18 願観刺物神という内容がそこに何物そう橋門類の中にですね、誤大視着るものを設けて、え、まあ、え、自力
0: if you could turn back to page three of the English outline. Um, first of all, sort of a, uh, some uh, comments continuing the previous um, presentation. Xinjin uh, um, in the teachings of Shin Buddhism is certainly one of the most important and one of the most difficult aspects to understand. Um, when we think about it, this promise embodied within the primal vow to save all beings in the 10 directions Is this something that we can really believe in with our own ordinary thinking, with our own sort of common sense? Um, In reality, when we really consider the implications (coughs) of what is promised in the primal vow, this isn't something we can simply understand or comprehend through ordinary thought. Um, So the question is, why then does Shinjin arise? Um, It arises when when one receives. Uh, or hears the words of the Buddha, uh, when one accepts the words of the Buddha. Uh, or th- these are the phrases we find in Shinran's teachings, or maybe when we might say, when it manifests as insider wisdom, um, which is beyond our ordinary thinking. And so once again, we see the phrases. It, it reaches our hearts and minds. It, it uh, is directed to us. We receive it. Those are the c- phrases which are used to express this sort of um, the inconceivability of the arising of Xinjin. Uh, moving on now back to the, um, the outline, if we look at uh, passage 52, which is in the middle of page 3, this is um, from Shinran's um, uh, chapter on Xinjin, in which he discusses the, um, the mind aspiring for enlightenment. Now, that, that phrase is an English rendering of the Japanese bodhaisin, or the Sanskrit bodhicitta, sometimes called the, the bodhi mind, okay, so the mind of aspiring for enlightenment. And so um, if we could just read this passage <coughs> first, and then we'll work through some of its implications. So passage 52. Further, the mind aspiring for enlightenment is of two kinds of orientation, lengthwise and crosswise. Lengthwise is further of two kinds, transcending lengthwise and departing lengthwise. These are explained in various teachings, accommodated in real, exoteric and esoteric, Mahayana and Hinayana. They are the mind with which one attains enlightenment after going around for many kalpas, the diamond-like mind of (laughs) self-power, or the great mind of the Bodhisattva. The crosswise is also of two kinds, transcending crosswise and departing crosswise. That characterized by departing crosswise is the mind of enlightenment of right and sundry practices or meditative and non-meditative practices of self-power within other power. That characterized by transcending crosswise is Shinjin. Here note that the translation gives you Shinjin with an asterisk. That, that means that the original word is actually Xingyo. Okay, it is Xingyo, which is the word taken directly from the 18th vow. It is Xinjing that is directed to beings through the power of the vow. It is a mind that aspires to attain Buddhahood. The mind that aspires to attain Buddhahood is the mind aspiring for great enlightenment of crosswise orientation. This is called the diamond-like mind of crosswise transcendence. Now, let's now try to parse through some of the um, expressions we find in this passage. We find um, there are really two pairs uh, which combine, create four particular um, items. Okay, um, The pairs are uh, lengthwise versus crosswise and transcending versus departing. Um, we're we're going to skip passage 73 because it's pretty repetitive. So if you go to page four, you can see this expression, two pairs into fourfold. Uh, it's not a very translation of the Japanese, niso shiju han, which represents Shinran's critical classification of Buddhist teachings. You can see here the, the notion of lengthwise, um, which is, what you think about it, is it's quite common sense. When we think of our... Are um, going along a path to enlightenment, we kind of visualize it. The path is sort of spreading out before us. That's the idea of this path is ahead of us. That's the notion of lengthwise. So it's it really um, it accords with our ordinary way of thinking. Crosswise, however, is different. It's different in nature and quality. Crosswise, in a sense, means it's um, uh, it goes across. It it, it goes across that uh, that path that we normally think about. Anyway, uh, trying to put together these two pairs, lengthwise and crosswise, as well as transcending and departing, we come out with four possibilities. Okay, let's go through these. <laughs> it's kind of uh, four possibilities. The first, if you look on the top, is transcending lengthwise. Uh, according to Shinran, he refers to this as the true Mahayana teaching. Or maybe looking at, transcending has the sense of sudden, quickly. Or using a phrase that many of us are familiar with, sudden enlightenment, sudden attainment. So this is a reference to the true and real teachings of Mahayana. For instance, the Shingon teachings of Sokushin Jōbutsu. One attains Buddhahood in this very self, this very body. Or Zenshu, that this self is itself Buddha. Okay. So this idea of sudden enlightenment uh, is what is indicated by this phrase, transcending lengthwise. Departing lengthwise, however, is another phrase which refers to, as Shinran mentions, the provisional, accommodated Mahayana teachings, roundabout teachings of the two vehicles and the three vehicles. This refers to gradual attainment. That is, one practices over long periods of time, Throughout many cycles of rebirth, uh, and gradually attains enlightenment. That's also the teaching of Mahayana. Both areas or both um, uh, um, items found within lengthwise, okay, represent the path of the sages. Okay, so lengthwise is represent is a, is a signifier for path of the sages. They both represent the the. Um, the Buddhist teaching of self-power. What crosswise represents is a qualitatively different conception of the Buddhist path. Okay, and this crosswise is a signifier for the Pure Land path. As we remember from last time, Honen set out in his Senjakushu, uh, talking about the two, the various gates. He talked about the the gate of the st- uh, the 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 path of the sages versus the the pure land path, and so this is Shinran uh, continues that distinction. Okay, so this notion then of crosswise again is a reference to the pure land path, and again there are two um, uh, possibilities within it. Transcending crosswise or ocho uh, is he says it's the true teaching, the single, the real, the perfectly fulfilled. A fulfillment of the vow that is, it refers to the true essence of the pure land way. One quickly realizes enlightenment after uh, the end of this life through birth in the pure land. On a note, this other one, o shutsu, or departing crosswise, represents the fact that even within the pure land path, there are still remnants of the path of sages approach. Which is based in self-power practices. Okay, so this refers to the roundabout path of good acts, three groups, nine grades of beings, meditative and non-meditative teachings, uh, real in, uh, uh, resulting in birth in the transformed land or the realm of pride. These are references to the path of self-power within other power, as we saw in the in the previous passage. Some people believe. Um, that somehow Honen's teaching was that of this departing crosswise, that somehow his belief was that birth in the pure land represents a birth into an environment when we're, we're, uh, which is um, um, uh, sort of uh, uh, expressed as birth in a transformed land that would require uh, further uh, practices to attain birth. However, um, Shinran uh, did not hold to this belief. For him, Honen's teaching was the former, that is, transcending crosswise. Um, that this, this is the essence of Honen's Jodo-shu. We, um, so essentially, that's, that's one of the purposes of this classification, is to clarify and systematize Honen's teaching, thereby saying, uh, asserting that within this scheme, this transcending crosswise path is essentially the, the teaching of Honen. Now, many other schools have their own um, schemes of classification. For instance, in the Tendai school, there's a classification saying that, that the teachings can be divided, divided into five periods of time. I think we've heard this um, teaching before, that immediately after the enlightenment of the Buddha, he taught the Avatamsaka Sutra, but no one could understand it, so then he taught the Agamas, etc. And finally, he resulted in the teaching of the Lotus Sutra. And so Tendai and other schools have their own scheme of classification of the teachings. Shinran presents this scheme as his classification of the Buddhist teachings. Okay. Why? Um, here we see in the, in the chapter on Shinjin, that Shinran places this within the context of the bodhicitta or the mind of aspiration for enlightenment. Okay, that's how he phrases. This is this is the context he places it in, and he does so in order to respond to the criticism um, lodged by Miyoe. That is, uh, myoe claiming that for in Honen, Honen rejected the um, the the um, the bodhi mind, uh, the bodhicitta. Okay, he said there's no, Honen said there's no need for the bodhicitta. That was uh, Myohe's criticism. Shinran, by setting out his classification of the teachings in this way, is essentially telling Myohe, well, the bodhicitta that you're talking about is the bodhicitta of the path of sages, self-powered uh, aspiration for enlightenment, Okay, the aspiration to attain enlightenment through one's own efforts and practices that would fall within the upper category, the lengthwise category. However, he, was, he might be saying to Mio away, you're not aware of this distinction that is made by Honen. Honen's teaching is of the crosswise, uh, transcending crosswise, okay? This is the pure land uh, Bodhi mind, okay? Uh, and so as he um, um, references it, if we look, go back to the previous page, in uh, passage 52, you can see where he says in the, in the bottom paragraph, okay, kind of uh, midway through, that characterized by transcending crosswise is shinjin or shingyo, that is directed to beings through the power of the vow. In other words, there is the bodhi mind. Honen's teaching of, of Jodo Shu contains uh, the aspiration for enlightenment. It is called Shinjin, Shinjin of other power. Shinjin directed to beings through the power of the vow. Um, As Shinran said, this is the mind that aspires to attain Buddhahood, that's the Bodhi mind. He says the mind uh, that aspires to attain Buddhahood is the mind aspiring for great enlightenment of crosswise orientation. That's Bodhi mind in Honen's teaching. And it's also called the diamond-like mind of crosswise transcendence. Diamond-like has a very specific reference. Diamond-like means it's, it's hard and fast. It's unchanging, undisturbed. And so in a way, then this is this classification of the teachings, or the classification of Bodhi-mind, bodhicitta is Shinran's response to myo And I think that's it. <laughs>
2: 空海さん消息言葉とをしてそういう 輪とと考える時に、ま、10 次の行にの業に2つには経発心。で、これ 10 これは、で、41段目実はこの 4つ目に大 それ毎とで、向上上道をそうその、私の国、っていうのがま、心の話をし必然となるっていうのはそれに付随新実のそういうこと妙が 1番 上の以上 最低<笑> その根号とえ、もう貴産法芸。ま、まあ、同族癌に縮毒、平等性一斉と仏菩台震、王女安楽国ですね。内、寝川で、埋め替えるとそこと善道満党散歩そこ往長いう 妙え<笑> 理論的な話にとどまりますが、一応 4つの結び あの、自力次第 um, we'd like to now to uh, look at uh, page
0: 4. Uh, item line 4 uh, the connection of Shinran's um, teaching in the chapter on Shinjin uh, regarding um, the Bodhi mind, or the uh, Bodh- Bodhicitta, to Mioe's discussion in his text, the Zaijarin. Um, it's quite fascinating to read Shinran's text. And within it, you find many references or many expressions that hint at the fact that Shinran was, was aware of the Zai- Zaijarin in, in his and Mioe's criticism of Honen, uh, we'll just take a quick look at this. Uh, the text of the Zaijarin on page four. Um, basically, what, what uh, Mioe states in the first um, or the second paragraph is that the um, the the uh, bodhicitta, the mind of aspiration for enlightenment, uh, is essential. But there are four instances of giving rise to that mind. Uh, the first he refers to as the sort of giving rise to the aspiration through conditions. That's the lowest stage, even if for, for one hasn't yet entered the path of Buddhahood. Traditionally it's stated that in the Buddhist path there are 52 stages that one um, uh, passes through, uh, ultimately to attain um, supreme enlightenment. Uh, but the first uh, aspiration for enlightenment is one that occurs even before one has even entered the Buddhist path. The next stage is called uh, um, giving rise to the aspiration through understanding. This refers to the the first and the second lowest uh, stages. That consists of the ten faiths, ten understandings. Those are the we represent the first twenty stages of the path, the Buddhist path. <coughs> The third kind of um, um, bodhicitta is giving rise to aspiration through practice. this refers to the um the next three the, the next two groupings that is the um the th- uh, <laughs> I lost track here the uh thirtieth uh, through the thirty ninth stage no that's right that's wrong the thirtieth uh, yeah um Anyway, so the next, the, the next, the next <laughs> stages of practice. I'm losing my mind here. Okay, the stages of ten practices, ten transference, merit, uh, merit transference. So these, first, these, these two, um, the second and the third uh, instances of, of giving rise to the uh, aspiration for enlightenment accord with or correspond to the first 40 stages, okay, stages one through 40 of the Buddhist path. The fourth one is giving rise to aspiration in essence or through realization. This corresponds to attaining the stage, which is the first stage, the 41st stage, okay, which um, uh, is also referred to as the stage of non-retrogression. That is, once one attains a stage, one will never retrogress or fall back into any of the, the, the previous stages. So it's very important. Uh, and this um, uh, myo refers to as uh, this um, bodhicitta, this aspiration for enlightenment, he refers to uh, as uh, very important, and refers to these next stages, okay, in the in the in the Buddhist path. Okay, uh, then he goes on to say, uh, uh, Shandao, if I read Shandao correctly, which Honen apparently has not, uh, Pure Land followers should to take up the, the, the lowest level of um, of aspiration for enlightenment. Um let's see then, going on to the next page, this long paragraph I'm just trying to summarize that um Miowe clearly was aware of the eighteenth vow, okay, and he says, in the eighteenth vow, there are these three minds, sincere mind entrusting and aspiring to be born in my land, and then the vow also says, those beings who say the nembutsu even 10 times, will be born. According to Mioe, Honan Honen emphasizes the practice of saying the name, just this voicing of the nembutsu. And so he says, well, what he's doing is he's ignoring these three minds, sincere mind and trusting and aspiration of birth. In reality, what's um, within those minds, um, in those three, threefold minds, that's most important. That's fundamental. The other stuff is all auxiliary. And so um, he's saying that the 18th vow is really about these three minds, about the mind, about, about the, this, this mind of Shinjin. And Shinran, to this, he agrees. He says, yes, the 18th vow is the vow of true and real Shinjin. And of course, within a broader context, he says, of course, Shinjin and practice are inseparable. And so it's, it's also the vow of, of, of birth through the Nembutsu. Okay. So Shinran essentially by setting out and describing the 18th vow in that way, he's responding to Mioe. He's saying, well, of course, that's what Honen has been saying all the time. Uh, the 18th vow is the vow of Shinjin uh, and, and uh, Nembutsu. Okay. Um, in response to Mioe's claim that for Pure Land followers, the aspiration for enlightenment is the lowest level, whereas the highest level of, of, bodhi, of the bodhicitta of aspiration is the diamond-like mind, uh, Shinran says, um, well, in in reality, Shinjin is uh, none other than the diamond-like mind. It is the highest and the ultimate level of the bodhi mind, the aspiration for enlightenment, because it's received from the Buddha. Now, there's a couple. There's an interesting sort of comparison to be made here. If you look on page five, in the middle of the page, um, Miao Wei cites Shandao's commentary on the Contemplation Sutra. In the very first chapter, it starts out with a gatha called the Kisamboge, the gatha of taking refuge in the three treasures. Now, as all of you know who have attended a funeral or memorial service, you know that when uh, the ministers begin the service, we always chant the Kisamboge. Okay, so this is exactly what Mioi is citing. Okay, when Mioe cites it, though, this is the reading he gives to it. He says the first line. Laity and monks of this age all give rise to the unsurpassed mind. And then in his commentary he says, this is the Bodhi mind. He then cites the final lines of this gatha. Okay. Uh, I aspire to bestow this virtue equally to all, so that giving rise to the same mind of aspiration for enlightenment, they may attain birth in the land of peace and bliss. This is what we know as Ekoku, okay? ganishiku Doku, Byodo, Seisai. And so his quotation then is viewed in this way. Shinran, more than likely, was aware of uh, Mioe's citation of this passage, and so he responds in a variety of ways. In the interest of time, we'll just take a look at the passage on the last page, passage 46, in which Shinran is now citing the same passage from Shandao's Kisamboge. But, as mentioned earlier, one of Shinran's sort of his, his, um, uh, his interpretive method or his method of reading the, the Chinese text or the Kanbun was at times to apply different readings or to read the words in different order, thereby thereby drawing out what he believed to be the true teaching of the of the passage. He does that in this case. And so you can see now a difference in reading of the same Chinese, but now a difference in reading in which it states, people of the present, both monk and lay, seek to awaken the supreme mind, but it is extremely difficult to abhor birth and death and difficult to aspire to the Buddha Dharma. So what Shinron has essentially done by Um, adding his own readings uh, to this text, he, in a sense, changes the meaning from that um, presented by myo Okay, In a way, he's this reflects the reality of our own hearts and minds. We wish to attain enlightenment. We seek the supreme mind, but in reality, it's extremely difficult for us to abhor or abandon our samsaric existence, extremely difficult to aspire to the Buddha Dharma. And so then, the question is, what do we do? Shinran continues on with his own unique reading. He says, let us all together awaken the diamond-like aspiration. Again, the diamond-like mind. Okay, And transcending crosswise, the phrase we saw before, representing uh, Honen's teaching, cut off the four streams, he now um, changes a reading so that one, um, in um, awakening uh, the diamond-like mind, which is the mind of the Buddha, transcending crosswise, entrusting in other power, one cuts off the four currents, which is a way of saying one realizes non-retrogression. Okay? Upon truly receiving the diamond-like mind, again, the mind of the Buddha, uh, according with the vow in that one thought moment, we become persons who consequently attain nirvana, okay? So in receiving this diamond-like mind, we, re- we realize non retrogressions we are assured of attaining uh, nirvana. Uh, this diamond-like mind then is the Buddha's mind given to or directed to beings. So in conclusion then, states, the Zaijarin criticized Honen's pure-line teaching even as it set out the mind of aspiration for enlightenment, the bodhicitta, as essential. In response, Shinran explains that Shinjin is one with saying the name. Not only that, it is the diamond-like mine, which is the ultimate bodhicitta, uh, the ultimate bodhi mind, for it arises through Amida Buddha's directing of virtue of other power, and it differs fundamentally from the bodhicitta of other power." self far, Thank you. (laughs) My mind is
1: gone.
0: So anyway, thank you very much. Um, This will bring to a close tonight's lecture. As you can see, our minds are are fading quickly. Uh, we do have 15 minutes. Uh, if there are any questions or comments, I'd like to accept them at this time. Although, please not to, try not to make your questions too difficult.
1: Oh, again, the rule
0: is, for those of you who were here last time, the rule for our, our lectures here at IBS is, if you can speak Japanese, Ask your question in Japanese and then translate it into English. <laughs> That's the rule.
1: Okay. Let <laughs> me go of <back> <laughs> So, so you, oh, please. Okay, well, generally, you know, this is explained as shinma attempt to clarify, you know, the Pure Land tradition, teachings, in reference to the criticism that it was attracting. So my question is, Okay, so these people were raising these criticisms. How did they react? Did they feel okay? Did this
2: make sense to them? Oh I see now. That was basically what I'm curious to hear. Hi, I know any kind of y do no shin show can say that to kinya mu yos da. あの、ですの示そうのが、まあ、あの、<笑><笑> um, it's a good question, but it's it's hard to, it's really difficult to say based upon, you
1: know,
0: the the real the um... The lack of any real historical records indicating whether that's the case, we do know that Mioe had died by the time Shinran was sixty, and so not he he was not alive when the true teaching practice and realization was completed. Um, it's possible that um, there were um, um, uh, responses to Shinran's defense, but again, th- we don't. There's no records. We can certainly surmise that there were responses. We do. Probably what we can more likely say is that Shinran, um, in his other writings as well, as, we can, as I mentioned earlier, you have to look at each of the writings in and of itself, uh, address, were addressed to persons who wish to understand Honan's teachings. And certainly, uh, he was quite effective in doing that. Um, again, this is it's a good question. It's one of those areas that we, we certainly can surmise that it was the case. Yes?
1: Uh-huh. 質問に対してまたフォローアップ。えー。古里の政権 okay. uh, oh. not only、the uh, response of the so called buddhist uh, establishment。what was the reaction of the imperial court
2: や yeah. 国に親という社会ちゃんと正しくむしろ いい時、あのだあの、え誰だかわからててこれ、業年っていう人が、<笑> 30 で、あの、本願寺枠と言いっていうのは、それ その意味において<笑> が、I'm trying to read my notes here.
0: Um, well, the question I think to be asked is: You know, we're we're people, especially in, in Reverend Sasaki's question, were the authorities aware of Shinran um, at that time, and, and there's there's no documentation uh, that we can find. Um, we are aware um, of the activities in the world, in society, um, of other followers of Honen. Um, but Shinran's are not as well known. Uh, The question is why that might have been the case. In the next um, uh, lecture, I'll be talking about the Jōgen suppression of the Nembutsu movement, and that might have had uh, a lot to do with it. Uh, And perhaps um, Shinran, as um, a follower of Honen, uh, who was exiled to the northern regions, was considering how best to transmit Honen's teachings uh, correctly. Um, and so, perhaps he, choo- he chose not to in- be engaged in broad, wide-scale um, sort of, um, uh, activities on a societal level that would have brought attention to him, but perhaps his choice was to transmit it privately, personally, to others. Um, there's a very famous um, uh, person by the name of Gjonen who um, went to great lengths to identify and categorize... Um, the priests and the uh, activities of many schools of Buddhism in Japan. Um, in his discussion of the followers of Honen, he identified particularly Dukan and uh, Kosai, uh, who were very well-known followers of Honen. Uh, no mention of Shinran whatsoever. Of course, it could have a lot could have had to do with the fact that he received information information about them from another of the well-known followers, Chosai. But That's the problem. Um, Outside of Honganji sources or resources, and other than the texts that we we have that have been passed down, um, that is, as far as any outside objective historical resources, there's no mention of Shinran. Uh, And as late as the Taisho era, one of the big discussions going on in, in Japanese academia was that perhaps Shinran was not a historical person at all. Uh, that there were certainly texts attributed to him, but there were no um, outside uh, evidence that he existed. Uh, and perhaps this is because he chose not to um, be active or address the greater world uh, in a way similar to other followers of Honen. but he, he um, instead um, sought to clarify um, Honen's teaching for himself and transmitted it uh, to others uh, in a personal way. Anyway, that's um, my summarization of a very great answer, but my answer was not, my summary was not that great. Um, let's see, we have, oh, we, I think we're out of time. One more question? Sensei. So, uh,
1: uh, <coughs> 疑問<笑> <音楽>ね、となるとは勉強してえ、その病症を言い出すという <laughs> Shinga has a special preface for a uh, Shin volume, for the second volume. And in that he says that uh, you know, he has raised questions about uh, Shinjin or Bodhicitta. And, uh, and he says he finally found the uh, kind of sutra or commentary uh, sources that answered uh, his questions. So to me, it, it seemed that Shingaran was interested in this Bodhicitta issue in a very personal way. You know, he had his own question. So the, he was very happy to, to have discovered these uh, scriptures that answered his own questions. And after he said that, he... <coughs> he he said uh, imme- immediately after that he said I'm so grateful to the, my teachers who provided his uh, uh, text that answered my questions. So uh, I asked Sensei if you know how do you think about this view. Uh, so I, my my view is that Shinran didn't you know intend to
2: precise people. That wasn't his uh, direct uh, motive, you know, he, he really wanted to know uh, the answers to these, you know, questions he had. Yeah. やはり、ただ自分で満足しだと 今あの、Thank you very much for your wonderful question. I, I, I hadn't thought
0: about it in that manner, but I, I, reflecting upon your, your... Your question, I, I completely agree with um, your perspective, uh, and that Shinran his whole intention in, in writing this text was really to because he was seeking an answer to this question that he had what is truth, what is real uh, and so he raised this question uh, with great sincerity uh, within himself uh, and uh, and yet also quite um, systematically, uh, but that was i mean that's I think that 's the real um, important point to be made that this, this, uh, this represents then his questioning, his search for truth. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, this brings our second lecture to.